Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another inspiring episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I am your host Avik and today we have a remarkable guest with us Billy Lar. So welcome to the show Billy. Hey, thank you for having me Avik. I really appreciate it. Great, great. So Billy like before we start delving into our conversation today, I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that uh Billy is an intentional uh living coach and the creator of the mindful mind life midlife crisis my bad so it's uh, the mindful midlife crisis a podcast that is designed uh, for those who are navigating the complexities and possibilities of life's second half so his journey uh, is one of that uh, many of us that uh, can relate to so after a successful 21 year career in education he experienced uh, burnout and made a courageous decision to step away in 2021 so following his departure he embarked uh, on a two year adventure around the world uh, seeking meaningful experiences that could reignite uh, his sense of purpose so uh, little he did uh, he, i mean he know that uh, this journey would lead him to profound insights and the powerful framework for the intentional living So uh Billy also developed the no bs gps guide to purpose and the passion so we'll definitely uh, get more into details and we'll hear from him directly uh, but uh, just to share with you all like is an alternative to the uh, often uh, caged advice of follow your passion so he believes that uh, the true purpose and the passion uh, stem from recognizing and harnessing your strength mindfully exploring your curiosities and also building supportive communities and establishing essential qualities like uh, discipline consistency patience uh, and the self compassion so uh, in a world where uh, many are reevaluating their uh, priorities and seeking more mindful and intentional way of living bill's guidance and the experiences are invaluable so stay tuned for a conversation filled with insights wisdom and the practical advice on uh, intentional living purpose and the passion so welcome billy we are thrilled to have you on healthy mind and healthy life Thank you for having me. That was such a lovely explanation of kind of the principles of of what I coach people. So, you did an excellent job with that. I, I might take you on the road with me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, so Billy like um 
I, I read your bio and uh, from so that that's the reason I mentioned uh, in the mid that there are a few things which definitely we would love to hear from you. So f- to start with, like, <clears throat> how did your burnout experience in education uh, prompt your decision to step away from uh, your career? And also, uh, how did it lead to the transformative journey around the world? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question because I don't necessarily know that I left my job due to burnout. Okay. It was something, you know, I'm not married, I don't have any kids, so I don't have the same responsibilities that other people have. Hmm. And, I, you know, I, I used to have a dog and I had always said when that dog crosses the rainbow bridge, then I'm going to look at taking a leave from my job and, and traveling around for a little while, maybe teaching overseas, something along those lines. So I always had that in mind. But now as I'm as I'm looking back on mm-hmm. on it, I wonder if that desire to travel and teach overseas came from burnout or did it come from curiosity? So that's maybe something that might be fun to explore. I haven't, you know, I haven't really delved into that too much. So this is a good opportunity to do that, but I, I won't do that right now. But but I was experiencing burnout. And you know, one of the things that that I really t- try to, to to coach people and help them understand is the importance of your community and your crew. So that's one of the principles that that I have in, in my No BS GPS guide. And what I found was I was not working in a in a school community and I wasn't working with students who I felt shared the same mission or vision. And people might say, well, if you were a good teacher, you could inspire them to do that. And you know what, that, that maybe is true. I was also working in, in an alternative learning setting, which meant that I was working with students who were coming to me with all sorts of various academic, social, emotional, behavioral challenges. They, a lot of them felt, you know, they just weren't connected to the, the education system. And, you know, I, I understand that. So that wasn't my community because, you know, I had had good experiences and, and, and I felt like we just weren't on the same page. So one thing that I, that I learned while traveling was the importance of finding the people who share same curiosities who share your same excitement for the things that that inspire you and through, when i was traveling around particularly seoul south korea that's what i found my community in seoul and okay. so i have this i have this real deep connection to to seoul and i think when we think about burnout I think a couple things come to mind. A, are you, are you do, are you working your purpose, right? Are you, and not necessarily that your, that your job is your purpose, but you know, maybe, maybe so, cause sometimes a job is a job, but then outside of that, are you doing something maybe as a side hustle or maybe just as something that is enjoyable to you, whether it's volunteering or whether it's participating in a sport that provides you some sense of purpose, something that you're doing maybe within the community. So that alleviates burnout, but then your, your, your community alleviates your burnout because the people that you're around 
especially for me who as a i would say that i'm an extrovert i get a lot of energy from people so whoever my network is whoever my community whoever my crew is it that's really important to me because that's what helps stave off that burnout because when i'm feeling burnt out i can look to my community and i can say oh but look at them look at look at the energy that they have let me kind of get in that mix right there and that in a sense fills my bucket and i i think a lot of that comes back to love languages we we think of love languages as just being something that uh, is within a relationship well your friendships are relationships and your community is a relationship and your 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 work community your colleagues are relationships so how are people within that then filling your bucket so to speak and i think that that's really important when it comes to recognizing how to stave off burnout it's lovely that's lovely to hear so um if you could also share insights about uh, your no bs gps guide to purpose and the passion and how it deviates uh from the conventional advice of follow your passion yeah i just i can't i can't stress enough how ridiculous i think follow your passions is in terms of advice it's it's so preposterous and here's why i think that if we if we follow our passions hmm. i equate passions with hobbies so it's very easy to burn out if we start with passion. Right. So my philosophy is let's first figure out what we're good at. That cuz that's that's what that's what the follow the passions crowd doesn't understand is the passion came afterwards. The passion is a byproduct of the time that you spent in your strengths because you recognize oh like I I have a knack for this. So now I'm I'm going to put in a little bit more time. So the first thing that I want to do is first I want to understand like what are your roles? What are what are the 10 roles that you play in your life? It's the first question that we ask all of our guests on the podcast. But then we go into all right, what are your strengths? Let's understand these. But not only that, but what are your weaknesses? Mm-hmm. So that we can we can do more of the return on investment strengths. But then we can also understand that these weaknesses are what are getting in the way. And because we're humans and we're not perfect, these weaknesses are going to pop up from time to time. But if we can catch ourselves in awareness of them, oh, hey, wait, I'm being this. Let me be a little bit more of this or a little bit less of this. Then we can then we can kind of dial back. So it's that development of awareness. And then from there, we want to explore our curiosities because that's another component of, of passion. When we're curious about something, mm-hmm. we will spend time learning about it. We'll spend time learning about it. So that's, again, that's that investment. All right, this is, a, it, maybe it's an instrument. I think that's an easy example right there. If you really enjoy an instrument, you probably don't start off with a, a, knack, a real knack for it, but because you are curious about it, you start playing it more and more and more and you get better at it. And then you're like, hmm, I wonder how this song sounds or this song, or you challenge yourself along the ways. Same thing could be with learning a language, being curious about learning language. But then once you kind of, once you've kind of developed that, who's your community? Who's your crew? 
because especially with something like language, you have to have a conversation with people because if you don't use it, you lose it. Same with, you know, a guitar. If you, if you're learning how to play an instrument, Mm. it's a lot more fun to play an instrument with people. So you're seeking out that community right there. So then that equals purpose, right? That's what gives us purpose. This is something that lights us up. But then how do we turn purpose into passion? This is what none of the follow your passions people want to talk about. How do you turn purpose into passion? You take passion and you multiply it by consistency, discipline, patience, and self-compassion. Because to me, passion is something that if you're willing to set aside a couple weekends a month and do that thing for free, that's passion. But if you're not, then it's just a hobby. It's just something that you're doing for for fun. And the reality is this, hobbies are good to have too, but let's be careful about this whole follow your passion nonsense that that we tell people. Let's outline where it is. And I'm formulaic. I, I like having, I mean, I worked in a school for 21 years, so bells told me when to start and stop things. So I like having a formula because I'm able to break that down for people. And that's kind of the, that's the guide that I use for, for coaching people in, in terms of this no BS GPS guide to purpose and passion. That's great. So <clears throat> your experiences uh, with people pleasing and understanding love languages are intriguing so how did uh, uh recognizing these traits help you reframe your relationships and build a supportive network yeah i'm still working through this people pleasing and i think what it's when when i stop and think about what are my motives for this behavior what are my motives for choosing for making this decision then sometimes it comes back to, oh, you're trying to be liked by this person. You're trying to please this person. And so I'm still, that's something I'm still working through. I'm a recovering people pleaser because, you know, because I have a big personality, because I like having a community, there is a level of, I want everybody to like me. Mm -hmm. So still kind of working through that is in terms of love languages, it's really helped me understand when I'm feeling low, why I'm feeling low. So for me, my love languages are quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. So in, in partic- particularly when it comes to quality time, I'm looking at who are my quality friends, not my quantity friends, but who are my quality friends and what am I getting from my quality friends, my core so to speak. So I had a great conversation with a woman named Leisha Fox. It's episode 38, I think, if people want to check that out. But she talks about your your community, your crew, and your core. So community is just the faces in the crowd, right? It's just that, excuse me, that's what she calls a crowd. So the crowd are just kind of people, the faces around you. And then your crew are kind of on the peripheral. So if you think of like a bullseye, right? So maybe you've got red, blue, yellow. I think that's how a bullseye goes. So you think about the red, that's your that's your crowd. Your crew is in the blue. And in your core, those that's your yellow. That's your bullseye. Those are the people that you go to right there. So then when it comes to the love languages, I know who in my core is going to be able to 
provide enough to replenish what it is that I need. And so when I take a look at, okay, do, am I missing some quality time right here? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling low. Who's, who do I need to go to for a pep talk so I can get some words of affirmation right here? Right. And then, and, and when it comes to physical touch, not necessarily in a relationship, but like, who do I, who gives, who gives a good hug? And my co-host on my podcast, Matt Hazard, he and I, he gives the best hugs. Now, unfortunately, he lives in a different state, so I don't always get to get that big hug from Matt Hazard. But I have friends who, you know, it's just like, I need a, you know, I just need a hug right now. And so going to them and, and seeing them and getting that hug, it, it's, you know, it's like a warm blanket right there. So just that has helped me understand, all right. I'm feeling depleted. I'm feeling burnt out. Where can I go in order to, to replenish that? Now, that sounds like a lot of external, right? So then we also have to think about what am I doing for myself in order to fill my own bucket? Because what happens if those other people aren't there to do that? How do I fill my own bucket? And so for me, mindfulness is a big part of that. Recognizing, you know, going back to my purpose. What is my purpose? Okay, am I doing anything within my purpose in order to, you know, am I being consistent? Am I being disciplined here? Am I extending myself patience and just making progress as opposed to speed of completion? Am I making progress? So those are the kind of things then that replenish my bucket from the inside that's something lovely i'd say it's uh, it's great so um, the transition uh, from traditional to do list to tips or maybe the tips list from productivity uh, sounds so if you could explain more about this methodology and its impact on uh, your routine yeah so i'm not a big fan of to do lists I, I, I think to-do lists just keep you busy. So I came up with this thing called CHIPS. So the C stands for complete. These are the things that have to get done today. So we're not putting them off anymore. These are the things that need to get done today. So I kind of recommend three to five things. Hey, these things have to get done. And there are three to five things that if you complete, you're going to be able to look at your day and say, all right, that was I, that was a fulfilling day right there. That was a full day's work. I got those things done, and I feel good about that. So when then you feel good, hooray! That's what the H stands for. Is you you got to celebrate that. So how do you celebrate that? You know, maybe it's maybe it's like you know what I'm going to treat myself to my favorite show, uh, or I'm going to you know go for. Uh, just I'm going to and go and have a, a picnic with somebody or something along those lines that you do where you celebrate it. And I always caution people not to include alcohol or food because it kind of messes with our relationship with food and alcohol. We see them as treats. So I, I advise against that. But just doing something that you find pleasurable and, and also exercise is not, should not be included in that because we should be exercising. We should be moving that kind of thing. So exercise, food, and alcohol, don't include those in your hooray. Do something that really just kind of feels good, you know, a way that you can treat yourself. 
socializing or something along those lines. But then IPS stands for in progress or start. Now this is optional here. So you've completed the things that needed to get done and you look at your IPS list and you're like, okay, uh, I could, if I have the energy, if I have the bandwidth right here to continue working on things, I'll do this. Knowing that at some point in time, the things that are in your IPS list are going to move up into your complete list. So, you know, maybe just moving those things along, but understanding that, okay, I can't procrastinate on these for too much longer because at some point in time, these do need to get completed. So it might be good in that IPS list to create deadlines and just say, okay, here are the things that are in progress. Here are the things that I need to start. When do these things need to get done? Because then that way you don't just keep pushing them off and pushing them off and pushing them off. You're saying, nope, by this time, I'm going to have them done. Now, do we miss deadlines? Yes. So that's where this idea of patience and self-compassion that really play, helps us when when we make mistakes or we don't live up to our own expectations, right? I think we should have people. People say uh, you know dismiss expectations. You shouldn't have expectations. I think you can have expectations as long as you have patience and self compassion along with that. Exactly. Exactly true. So uh, one one more thing I want to understand: like, how do you help individuals identify? Uh, their strengths and the weaknesses to channel them into meaningful experiences? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually use what's called the four temperaments assessment. And if people want to use this, this is free. You can go to www.mindfulmidlifecrisis.com and sign up for the newsletter. And it will send you the four temperaments assessment. And you just go through it and you choose the words that best fit your personality, right? So then you go through and it breaks it down into four categories. Now, a few caveats about personality tests. One, they're not scientific. <laughs> okay. So you're not to take these as, as truth, as, as Bible, right? These are not, these are, these are just maybe brings a little bit awareness because then what I, I have people do is I'll sit down with them. I'll say, all right, so you scored highest in this category right here, but you also have qualities in this category. You also scored in this category. You also scored in this category. Everybody scores something in every category. So then we take a look at what you what you scored highest in, and we call that the high gear category, right? So your high gear strengths and weaknesses. So then I, I ask you, all right, Avik, let's go through your high gear strengths. Do you agree with this one? 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 So we, we, we get you to reflect on whether or not you believe that those are strengths of yours. Then we go through the weaknesses. Hey, do, is this something that you maybe struggle with? Have you ever been given this feedback before? Have you ever been given this feedback? Do you think that this is something that gets in the way? Mm -hmm. And we go through and assess plus minus. I agree. I disagree that this is a weakness. And then it also shows you what your needs or other characteristics are. So what are some things that you need in, in your life? And we go through, is that something that you feel you need? Is that something that you feel you need? So we go through that, but then we also take a look at where you scored the lowest because that high gear, that's just your, where you default. Those are, those are strengths and weaknesses that kind of just come naturally to you. 
But because we want to be a well-rounded person, we want to take a look at our low gear strengths. We don't care about our low gear weaknesses because we probably don't exhibit those, but our low gear strengths. So then we take a look at those and we say, I want you to choose three of these low gear strengths that you want to develop over the course of the next few weeks, the next few months, because these do not come naturally to you, but you believe that they will have a high return on investment. So then we're going to develop some awareness around when we can be more of these three strengths. And then from there, I have people do a little log and we don't do a log for long, maybe just like a week or maybe two weeks. And we use that log in order to be reflective and to bring awareness to the situations of when you activated that high gear strength, when you activated that low gear strength, when you were aware of your high gear weaknesses, and did you have a need that wasn't being met that was met and how did that feel? So I like doing walking through all of that because I like that whole processing. I love getting people to reflect, learn, and grow. So, how can uh, building a supportive community impact someone's journey in discovering their purpose and living a more intentional life? Yeah, you're asking great questions. I love this. I love this. So in terms of of community, I, I kind of talked a little bit about this, but for me, if I'm surrounded by people who share the same curiosities and who enjoy the you know kind of the same things you think about like why chat rooms why do people go to chat rooms is because you're connected to that community right now some of those chat rooms are kind of toxic so you want to find those positive spaces that are amplifying your voice so that you feel heard but then are also providing you opportunities to showcase your talents to showcase your strengths you want to find people who you synergize with so when you're around them you just you feel that energy and i know that sounds pretty woo woo and i'm not a woo woo person but i do believe that in in this idea of chemistry in this idea of of energy when it comes to who you're around because you get you get a read on people right And so I think being around the right group of people, you think about successful teams in any sports, it's because they had the right collection of players involved in that. And they also had good leadership as well. So I think all of that plays a role in helping us find purpose. And so that's why I, I try to help people recognize what their strengths are, but then exploring those curiosities and finding other people to explore those curiosities with because they may introduce you to something that you're like, I had never seen that before. I had never thought about that before. Now I want to go down that rabbit hole. And then you go down that rabbit hole. Maybe you go down that rabbit hole together. And this idea of happiness is only real when shared. Hey, I mean, I've done a lot of solo traveling and I really enjoy solo traveling, but the moments that stick out to me are often the moments where I am with somebody and sharing in that experience. So I believe having a community to share in your growth and share in your experience helps us get to purpose. So uh, before we wrap up, like if you could share some, how the um, 
qualities of discipline consistency um uh, patience and self compassion contribute to the uh, mindful living and the purposeful existence yeah a friend of mine in mexico city had this great line a couple weeks ago so she went to argentina and she was there for like 2 weeks and she got back and she was right back at the gym she was right back at work and we were messaging and she said you know i thought that i would miss traveling but i'm i really enjoy being back in my routine when you love your routine and you love the people around you it just it it, it makes it really easy and i was like wow yeah that's that's a hundred percent right so when it comes to discipline and in consistency creating a routine that you know you'll stick to so you know there's a lot of people out there who offer their morning routines. I've done that. Episode 79 of my of my show, I talk about my morning routine. My morning routine might not work for you. A very popular one is Andrew Huberman. Probably one of the smartest dudes in the world, right? This guy's amazing, but his morning routine may not work. It doesn't work for me, and it, it, may, it probably doesn't work for somebody who gets up at five in the morning and has to be to work by 6.30. So, we need to figure out what our routine is. I will say this. Now, there's no science behind this. This is total This is total anecdotal evidence right here. But I think the first 90 minutes of your day and the last 90 minutes of your day are the most important 180 minutes. Now, why did I choose 180 minutes? Because I think if you invest in the first 90 and the last 90, then you can turn your life around 180 degrees. Thank you very much, copyright Billy Lar. So there's no science behind that, but I do think that those first 90 minutes and the last 90 minutes are really crucial. So what do those look like? And I think that's why we need to be intentional around that, because then we have the rest of the day for flexibility and autonomy. I get it. There are going to be things that shake up your morning and shake up your evening, and you should you should account for those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that self compassion is, and I think that where that patience comes in. But to me, I think developing that that discipline and that consistency it gets us into a routine, and we experience this level of comfort. Now, I'm tired of people mm-hmm. villainizing the comfort zone. There's nothing wrong with the comfort zone. Why are we constantly telling people to get outside their comfort zone? Let's enjoy the comfort zone. Let's enjoy the finer things in life. But And let's enjoy the simpler things in life too and stop taking those things for granted. So let's stop telling people to get out of their comfort zone and let's tell people to be aware of when the comfort zone starts turning into the complacent zone. That's what you want to avoid. You want to avoid complacency we can enjoy comfort we should be wary of complacency so my philosophy is rather than get outside of your comfort zone which Mm -hmm. activates our fight flight or fright response our amygdala our animal brain let's think of our comfort zone as like pizza dough in pizza dough we stretch and when we stretch pizza dough we stretch it from the inside we don't pull it from the outside we stretch pizza dough from the inside and then we notice where are we getting thin? Okay, so now we need a bit more flour, we need a bit more dough. So people can use that for whatever metaphor they want. So what's the dough and what's the the flour that you need where you're feeling stretched thin? And then take care of that 
and then begin stretching out your pizza dough, that comfort zone again. So I, I look at it that way, and that takes patience, that takes self-compassion, and it takes awareness, right? It takes awareness to recognize where you are spreading yourself thin. So, so oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you continue, please. Oh, well, it, it's, I, you know, and I just think you know the the consistency and the discipline is just continuing to push out that that pizza dough of your comfort zone, right? Just can and, and having those having those structure, having that routine, having that discipline, having that consistency, you know, to me, I think that then builds in time in order for you to practice self-compassion and practice patience, because you have to practice those things too. So then if you are disciplined and if you are consistent and then you have structure, that's where your mindfulness practice can come in. So then maybe you're able to find five, 10, 15 minutes to just simply sit and practice awareness, practice patience, practice self-compassion. That's great. So today we have the privilege um, of delving into the uh, transformative journey of intentional living with Billy. So his voyage from educator to mindful explorer brings forth a remarkable narrative showcasing the power of mindfulness and purpose in reshaping one's life. So uh, we hope that his journey and the principle have resonated with you and provided insights into navigating life's realities in a more mindful and the purposeful manner. So remember that your journey uh, to mindful living and meaningful existence begins with the small and the intentional steps and can flourish with genuine introspection and community support. So stay tuned for more engaging discussions and transformative stories on Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. Till then, thank you so much.